Welcome to The Honest Uproar, a podcast where modern, child-free women share their life stories and where we discuss important topics for the kid-free community. I'm Isabel, your host and founder and firebrand of The Uprising Spark, a digital platform that offers life coaching products and services for modern, independent, child-free women. Our aim is to build a strong female community and to connect empowered women around the globe. Oh, economics. My first memory of hearing that word was when I was maybe 12 or 13 years old. I was in seventh grade and we had to take a class called home economics. I remember seeing it in my schedule and thinking, what is home economics? I'm sure many of you also had to take a class like this when you were in middle or high school. And so I didn't know what to expect because I'd heard adults talking about the economy this, the economy that. And soon I discovered that this class was actually one hour long per week in which they taught us how to boil an egg, do laundry, and how to change diapers. And I have a memory of this, you know, the girls in my class just cooing and ooing over old babies while I was trying not to stick the diaper to one of my arms or get it twisted or whatever while thinking, is this really what adults talk about when they refer to the economy this or the economy that? Fast forward a few years later, um, I was in university, I majored in finance, but we had to take some classes on economics. And then I started to understand what it was, you know, how economics explains uh, how consumers make their choices and how people behave in general. And it's very interesting because I've found a lot of things that relate the economy directly to being child-free, and I want to share them with you today. I'm going to start by saying that it is very common to hear from people who are parents ask child-free people what it is that we do with all our money. Because in their mind, we don't need all that money. Just because we don't have any kids, it means that we have less expenses. It means that basically we have a lot of money to spare. We all have a bunch of zeros in our bank accounts. And we spend it in things that they deem futile or absolutely pointless. They all think we're rich. By the way, if you haven't heard anyone say, oh, you're child-free, you must be loaded. Don't worry, it'll come. Because that's the misconception, right? And also child-free people, we tend to use a lot of acronyms like DINK, which is double income, no kids. PANK, professional aunt, no kids. HINK, high income, no kids. (laughs) There's many, many more. All of them, of course, end with NK as in no kids. So in their mind, people who have children really think that we are just floating in a sea of hundred dollar bills. There's no space for that amount of cash and there's no need for us to have that amount of money. This of course is a misconception and there is a way to explain it with economic theory. I'm not gonna go too technical on you, don't worry. Basically what happens is this. To be child-free is to encounter what economists call a steep discount rate. This means that money is worth more now than in the future. So think about it. Pension provision aside, there is little reason for a child-free person to defer gratification by means of everything that you can afford or everything that you can buy with the money. So things like college fees, a house big enough for a playroom, these are things that, of course, we're not bothered to saving for. So the procreating majority 
sometimes resents child-free people because they think, oh, they have all this money and they're actually just like throwing it away, basically, on things that are absolutely meaningless. So we are sort of like an expression of decadence and self-regard. Think about what people refer to when they say nouveau rich. So this is basically a person who has just come into a massive fortune, whether it's been passed on to them as an inheritance or they won the lottery uh, or they just came into a big fortune all of a sudden. And these kind of people don't know how to manage their money because they usually have not had they, they have not had to do so, basically. They, hadn't, they have not had this amount of money to actually manage. Some of them are very intelligent and they hire a lawyer and they hire a financial manager to help them, but some of them don't. So what ends up happening with, I'm really talking about the caricature of the nouveau rich, right? So what happens is they end up spending their money on very expensive cars, uh, very expensive clothes, jewelry, uh, and they just flaunt all of this. But this is sort of like the idea in most of um, parents' heads that, you know, child-free people are, that we just have so much money. And I remember hearing this story about a girl, she, she's child-free, and she used to work, uh, I think she was a, a waitress, and she did an amazing, amazing job with customer service. Like, she would go beyond what her customers would ask of her. She was always smiling and she was always with her best attitude on. And she got a lot of tips. She got many, many tips. And she actually got maybe twice as much as next person that got tips on, on a single night. One night she was talking to the team after they closed the restaurant and she was telling them, you know, how well she had done in terms of tips and she was very happy about it. And this woman who worked with her uh, the next day said to her, why don't you give me your tips? Because I have kids and I need them, whereas you don't need them because you don't have kids. Of course, she didn't give her the tips. I wouldn't have either. And she was very angry about it. And it's normal because you have this entitled mother asking somebody else for the earnings of their job. Well done. And she was very angry about it. But this is very, very common. It is, of course, important also to say that child-free couples or child-free people in general are not rich, not all of them. You know, there's also poor child-free couples and people and ascetic child-free couples and people and munificently philanthropic child-free couples and people. But in people's heads, the classic child-free couple, you know, the one that is published on magazine covers and the one image that is always out there and that they have on their minds is the banker and the lawyer, somebody with very high earnings and their lifestyle is luxury holidays and stress-free nights on the town and wine and it's always radiating a gilded narcissism and that is what they have in their imaginary and they have been shoving on our faces. Like I said, this has an explanation based on economics, but it doesn't mean that it's acceptable. Even though now I can say I understand, I personally understand where this comes from. It doesn't mean that every time I get a comment from a parent saying, oh, but you're child-free, what do you do with all your money? I'm not going to find it offensive and I'm not going to respond. It doesn't mean that. 
but I thought it would be helpful to explain uh, from an economics point of view why we get comments like this on a regular basis. Now, moving on on what the economics in general of the world mean to us child-free people and how that also has impacted in the decisions of some of us in terms of, you know, not procreating. So firstly, we're just going to focus on the money, on the financial side, on how much it costs to raise a child. We're not going to talk about anything else, not today. I read somewhere, I'm going to try to find that source and put it down here for you guys, that raising a child in the U.S. costs on average about 10 and a half grand per year, on average. That's a lot of money, right? We're not talking about pennies here. So what happens when there is a recession? You know, this has to have some impact in whether people decide to have kids or not. And I found a study by the Urban Institute, which is the Center, uh, the Center on Labor, Human Services, and Population Brief. This is something that was published back in, in 2015. But I thought it was very interesting because they say that uh, between 2007 and 2012, so just before and just after the recession, which was, was a very, very big recession that uh, was felt not only in the U.S., but throughout the world, the birth rates among women in their 20s declined more than 15%. So this is specifically to the U.S. The study states that one explanation for the fertility decline during this timeline was actually the recession that was felt between 2007 and 2009. And of course, the slow recovery, because that recovery was painfully slow for everyone, but even slower for young adults. They checked on the previous historical low, low points for 20-something fertility rates occurred in the early 1930s and late 1970s and coincided with other times of economic stress. So basically what they're saying is that recessions cause fertility rates to drop. Now, it doesn't mean necessarily that people are not going to have kids later on. It just means that during that time, some people say, this is not going to happen now. Because things are not well and, you know, raising a child is very expensive. Another thing that happened during the recession was also that there was reduced immigration. Immigrants tend to have a higher birth rate than U.S. natives. So that also has an impact on these numbers, just for the clarity of it. Okay, so there's a recession. Everything's going to shit. Unemployment rates are spiking. Uh, people are losing their homes. I'm sure you guys remember what it was back in uh, 2008 and 2009. Uh, so all this uh, is going on. When the economy is so unstable, without a very positive outlook in the short term, it's hard to understand why people would want to give birth to children. Right now I'm referring specifically to the recession between 2007 and 2009, and of course the recovery afterwards, which was very slow. But let's talk about the bigger picture, because when we refer specifically to the recession, there is a rational, like I said. People see economies not good, not having babies, too expensive, might not be able to afford them. And then maybe later they will actually give birth to their offspring. Let's think about this in terms of doesn't matter if we're in a recession or not. Let's just put that aside and think specifically on what my income is today and what 
I expect it to be in the next five to 10 years. And all of that will be tied to your education level, your job experience, where you live. It could also be tied to your age, to your race, to your gender. There's many, many factors that come in and have a role to play in this. But most people know. Most people have an idea. Of course, they know exactly how much they earn today. And they have an idea of what their earnings or possible earnings are going to be in the next five to ten years. Because we all have projects or we want to, to find a better job. We're you know, looking to get a promotion wherever we are or not. I mean, everyone's situation is different. So some child-free people have taken into account their own specific personal situation regarding their earnings. And they have decided realistically looking to their current situation and what they expect to come in the next years, not to have any children because they wouldn't be able to afford them and give that child a life that they deserve. I'm not saying this is the only reason why a child-free person would decide to be child-free. I'm saying this is one reason. Some people have, you know, taken that into account as well as other factors and to make the decision. But I think that is very selfless in the sense that we see so many families struggling, and this is all over the world, because they have no jobs, or they have a low-paying job, or there is no way for them to access higher-paying jobs in the near future. Maybe their government helps them. Maybe their government doesn't help them, because there are many countries in which the subsidized families, they really don't get a lot of money, whereas there's many countries in Europe in which they do. Uh, in the States, the government also helps families. There are countries in which the government really doesn't give them a big hand. So you see all these families in poverty with children living in really harsh conditions and also, you know, just repeating the same story. So parents become parents when they're very young. Children grow up in poverty and become parents very young and so on and so forth. So in my humble opinion, when a couple, a child-free couple or a child-free person decide they don't want to have children, one of the reasons is I cannot afford them. I would not be able to give this child a proper good life like they deserve it, like any human deserves it. That is selfless because they're thinking about the well-being of somebody who doesn't even exist, which is not their own. Just the fact that they're taking the time to sit down and say, I cannot afford it, so I'm not going to do it. I think it's very responsible and it speaks volumes of the characters of these people. Thank you for listening to The Honest Uproar, a podcast where modern, child-free women share their life stories and where we discuss important topics for the kid-free community. We hope you tune in next week for our newest episode. And since we love hanging out with you, please be sure to follow us on social media at The Honest Uproar and visit our website at thehonestuproar.com. If you like what you heard, feel free to share with your fierce, child-free firecracker friends. Until next time, continue fueling your inner fire.